0: This is Express FM.
1: Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey.
0: It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal!
1: Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the City and coming into the football club has been matched in more. Action and reaction.
2: I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good, positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice.
3: It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years.
1: This is the Football Hour. Man's interest in
3: this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. we have got to get out of this division and into the championship. It was smiles all round for Pompey last time out, celebrating the club's anniversary with three crucial League One points. And Tunnicliffe, what can he do in the box here? Tunnicliffe lays it off. Chance for the cross to come in, stood
0: up deep towards the far post, and Dale's there! And Dale heads it into the back of the net! And Paul Howard blows his whistle at Portsmouth have just about got the job done. Torts
3: has won, Forest Green Rovers nil. More to come on the Blues' chances of securing a playoff spot between now and seven. Within such time, we'll also be celebrating Pompey's 125th birthday. We'll hear from a whole host of club legends, including son of Jimmy Dickinson, Andrew, who recalls his legendary father.
4: He was a very quiet, shy and reserved individual. Like many people he probably, this is going to sound a bit of a cliche, but did his talking on the pitch. He was a very hard but fair player, and I you know he was never booked or spoken to by a referee, which for a left midfielder is quite outstanding.
3: We'll also catch up with FA Cup winner Herman Herreidersen, talking about the immense support he experienced during his time at po 4
5: They went through everything, you know, the good times, the bad times, but. The supporters was always there, so it was great playing at home every, every time we know the, the supporters had our back and, and proper supporters, brilliant.
3: And a familiar voice too, Alan Knight discusses Saturday's dedicated anniversary fixture.
6: Probably supporters love their history and they love their players and, and the players love the club. So it's, it's great to come back and, and mix together with, with all the players and, and the supporters.
3: We'll also be hearing from Guy Whittingham, Alan Bailey, Ray Crawford, Michael Doyle and Gemma Hillier here on a very busy show this evening so let's waste no more time and get straight into it a very good evening and welcome to the football hour this is the football
1: hour 93.7 express fm
3: a very good evening and the warmest of welcomes to the football hour here on 93.7 express fm driven to you by stagecoach across the south you can download their app right now from either the apple app or or google play store so as you've just heard on the show coming up this evening you've got myself jake smith alongside two more studio guests we'll talk about pompey's 125th birthday that was yesterday on the 5th of april we'll recall our favorite memories following pompey our all-time favorite players as well And as you've just heard there we'll hear from a couple of pompey legends between now and seven o'clock we'll also talk a bit about Pompey's playoff chances this season and we'll have the very special trivia quiz coming up between now and seven o'clock but before we get into any of that let's remind ourselves of how Pompey kept the pressure on the top six with a 1-0 win over Forest Green Rovers last time out.
1: Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal. Every second of the action is right here. 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary.
7: He's gone!
1: This is... You want not believe it! Pompey
0: Live. Forza Football Club is four days short of its 125th anniversary. You've probably been given some wonderful highs and a few disappointing lows over the years. We're underway, great to have you with us. Pompey going from left to right. Forest green with that fairly garish bright green kit. They go from right to left. They chip the ball down the touchline. Clark Robertson's there for Pompey, and he volleys it forward. Headed up in the air by Forest Green around the halfway line, then flicked on. Ogilvy helps it on. McGee was challenging him there, and the ball goes out of play, and Pompey have got a throw. Oh, Jacobs has ridden one challenge, and he'll break into the Forest Green box. Can Jacobs get a shot? Still Jacobs puts another defender at his backside. Jacobs cleared off the line, and Forest Green will clear that one away. Jacobs looking for back-to-back goals at Fratton Park. Lowry back to goal, edge of the box. Into the box now. Looking for an option. What's he going to find? Tunnickly. Morel wants it short. Turned round the corner to Jacobs. Jacobs at a tight angle. Oh, it's just wide. First real meaningful effort on goal. Took it a to flexion. Compy corner kick, 0-0. Pompey then pick it up again. And they will go again. On that right-hand side. Lowry. Jacobs trying to get a ball into the penalty area to Tunnicliffe and Tunnicliffe what can he do in the box here Tunnicliffe lays it off chance for the cross to come in stood up deep towards the far post and Dale's there and Dale heads it into the back of the net and Portsmouth get that breakthrough no idea how Dale got his head to that ball in front of the defender but once he did there was only going to be one outcome there's no way Zowen was going to save it from there Portsmouth won <laughs> Boris Green nil Robertson's going to pick it up. Portsmouth still in possession. Can they find a way through? They lead by a goal to nil. Package stripped and ready to come on. Lovely crossfield ball looking for Jacob. Jacobs lovely first touch. Nice second one. Dale, no! No, he's missed! What a chance for a second. Jacobs' shot was saved and Dale can't believe he's not made it 2-0. And Paul Howard blows his whistle and Portsmouth have just about got the job done against Forest Green Rovers here at Fratton Park, An eight, a 52nd-minute header from Owen Dale is the difference between the sides. Ports has won. Forest Green Rovers nil.
1: Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM
3: with Aqua Cars. There we are then, the highlights of Pompey's 1-0 victory over Forest Green Rovers last Saturday at Fratton Park. And if you missed the other results from April 1st, we had Barnsley 5, Morecambe 0. Big, big result at Oakwell, but a bigger result at the Valley where Charlton Athletic dispatched Shrewsbury Town by six goals to nil. Cheltenham and Burton played out a nil-nil draw. Elsewhere, Derby County defeated by two goals to nil at home to Ipswich Town. Fleetwood 2, Exeter City 2, Peterborough United nil, Oxford United nil, Port Vale 0, Cambridge 2. Sheffield Wednesday 1, Lincoln City 1 and Wickham Wanderers 2, MK Dons 2. So the table's looking like this. Sheffield Wednesday remained top despite having not won any of their last five games they were helped of course by Plymouth Argyle not playing at the weekend they of course in Papa John's trophy action losing by four goals to nil to Bolton Wanderers Wembley isn't for everyone lads Uh, they remain second in the table but with the game in hand over Sheffield Wednesday Ipswich and Barnsley third and fourth respectively and really the two um, other sides capable excuse me of chasing the top two in the playoffs Bolton Wanderers and uh, Peterborough United with Derby Wickham Pompey And I suppose you still can count Shrewsbury Town, they are on 55 points, Pompey remain in ninth position after that win on Saturday, they have 61, now just three points behind that top six. At the bottom, Forest Green Rovers 24th, Cambridge United, Morecambe and Accrington Stanley make up the remainder of the relegation zone. Joining me alongside for tonight's show, I'm pleased to welcome over the white line host Henry Deacon. Henry, good evening. How are you Jake? I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm fighting a bit of uh, something in, in my throat. So do excuse me if I have to take a few sips of water throughout the hour tonight. But I can confirm that is water. Much mm. against what? everybody else is led to believe. I've not dropped anything in there. Um, To be honest, Henry, we don't don't really need to now. Pompey are doing all right. We don't need to sort of drown our sorrows in. It's a different type of libation we need these days, isn't it? Exactly. Pompey three points off that top six now, Henry, with seven games remaining. No sides have games in hand on Pompey, apart from Shrewsbury, but they are six points behind the Blues. Are we really thinking too ahead of ourselves if if we can actually sit here and say, do you know what? This could be possible now.
8: There's a feeling that you don't want to hope, but you can hope. And look, this position, I think a couple of weeks ago, I think we all would have admitted was probably an unlikely scenario. But look, credit where credit's due. You know, this could have been a season that could have completely unraveled. It could have seen us finishing the bottom half. It could have seen us maybe be fighting other battles. But you've got to give credit to to John, what he's done with the same squad. He had no time really to bring many through the door and look, credit to him, he's uh, he's brought something together and he's brought this fighting spirit and whether the playoffs happen or not, I think there's going to be a lot of hoops to jump. It's easy to say we're just three points off with seven games to go, but a- a- as we know, a lot can change in mm. League One.
3: And I know someone joining us on the show this evening is uh, quite optimistic about the potential of Pompey finishing inside a top six position. He actually... He's actually had the faith throughout the the, the, the whole campaign since I've known um, th- this man here from the 1898 Joe Wood. Joe, look, I think we've all had faith as Pompey fans deep down that potentially Pompey can save their season. But realistically, many expecting another another campaign in League One. But look, I- I'll take my hat off to you if I was wearing one. You said a few weeks ago here on the Footblower. Do not write this team off, regardless of how many points we were behind and perform of the teams around us. You seem to so far be proving the rest of us um, doubters, uh, if you want to call us that, incorrect.
9: Well, I mean, good to good to be back on. Um, yes, I'm not so much proving the doubters wrong. It's more the players on the park and the the numbers really. They supported the fact that we were moving in the right direction, trending in the right way. And really, I don't see that changing in the next couple of weeks. I mean, we've seen Sheffield go and lose games that they shouldn't be losing mm. recently. Um, Plymouth not doing as well as they might hoped um, in, in the recent weeks. Honestly, it, it, it could all come tumbling down in the next couple of games, but like I say, numbers-wise, there don't seem to be much sign of, of that happening. And Pompey are beating the sides they should be beating, which is always a lovely, lovely feeling.
3: Yeah. Uh, Pompey of course celebrating now their 125th anniversary that match with Forest Green Rovers last weekend was the kickstart of what is set to be uh, a year long celebration at the football club, the birthday of course of Portsmouth Football Club came yesterday, the 5th of April 125 years after their formation at 12 High Street um, in 1898 I've been asking fans on social media uh, quite a few questions uh, involving Pompey and their favourite moments following the club, their favourite play the best match they've ever been to Um, one here from Ashley Farrell says the favourite moment uh, following the club has to be the Checker Trade Trophy Final my favourite player, past or present Christian Burgess and the best Blues match he's been to was Pompey 3, Tranmere 2 in 2015 that was a cracker and some absolute limbs at Fratton Park in that one And Ashley ends up by saying the oldest replica shirt that he still owns is the 2002-2003 home shirt, which uh, in brackets he's put older than me, says Ashley Farrell um, on Twitter. I've been asking many fans back home uh, for their thoughts on their favourite moments, best games, and of course their favourite players as well. We'll get to more of them between now and seven. Um, Henry, plenty of ups and downs for his football club over the last 125 years. Um... As a supporter, what would be your highlight following Pompey, either during your you know your time alive or even casting your mind back before you were born as to what you think would be Pompey's proudest moment during my history?
8: I mean, look, we, we can't not avoid 2008. I'm, and I'm not just going to put the FA Cup win in there. I'm just going to put the whole year of 2008 in there. Premier League finish where you finish in the top half. An FA Cup win, European football, AC Milan come to Fratton Park. Now, as far as years are concerned for any football club anywhere in the world that are outside that traditional top six, that big six that we always moniker these days, that some year Mm. you win a trophy, you play European football against a team who won the European Cup about a year or so earlier. As far as times go, well, they don't get much better than that probably in a lifetime.
3: Joe Woods, um, I think it's safe to say you've been... Following Pompey a, a little bit longer, not not by much, a little bit longer <laughs> than, than myself and Henry. So I, I should imagine you remember maybe a bit more of the noughties, maybe maybe the tail end of the 90s, or has that been? Because uh, obviously I, I was born in 98. Hen- Henry was born. dare I say 2000? 2000s millennium. Wow. Yeah, we're, we're in the 1900s, Joe. <laughs> but, you know, we don't remember back then. What what do you remember from the 1930s? <laughs>
9: For the 1930s appreciated <laughs> um no i mean my to answer the question you asked henry um that era in the in the late 40s early 50s has to go down as the, the pinnacle of pompey at the moment i say at the moment because <laughs> you know you, we like to think big no i think my my memory would be that of 2002-2003 I was very fortunate that I was actually at the game that Pompey got promoted to the Premier League. It's something that just seemed so ridiculous at the time, especially given the game that they were playing. They were playing Burnley at home, mm-hmm. and I, I remember being sat in the front end, and Paul Merson missed a penalty, and there was a sort of... that feeling that all Pompey fans still get to this day, where you just think, oh, God, this isn't going to
3: happen. The butterflies this in is... the stomach, the dreads. yeah. yeah.
9: Yeah, you start to think, "Oh, this isn't going to happen." And then I'm pretty much convinced that Nigel Kwasi wasn't crossing that ball; it was a shot that he got horrifically <laughs> wrong, and Slavatorov tapped it in. That, for me, is the is the golden moment in my yeah. Pompey fandom.
3: So we've heard from uh, we've heard from Ashley on Twitter. We've heard from both Henness and Joe on the show this evening about their favourite Pompey moments and players as well. But time now to hear from a couple of legends who um, they've been around the block a little bit. They played their fair share of games for Portsmouth Football Club. I caught up with uh, a whole host of uh, former Pompey players at the weekend when the club uh, were very kind to invite Express FM into the Warriors Lounge pre-game to speak to a couple of them. I caught up with both Alan Knight and Guy Whittingham. Mr Alan Knight, over 800 appearances in goal for the Blues. First of all, Alan, what would be your standout moment playing for Pompey and even watching Pompey over the years too?
6: Um, I would have to say, obviously, the standout moment would be my debut at Rotherham all those years back. So that's got to be the, the, the biggest one. Um, and then over the years, obviously, I've been asked that question a few times, really difficult to Pick one particular one out. So at a push, yeah, I'd have to probably say that one at um, at, uh, at at Rotherham. Um, well, push for one at Fratton Park. There was uh, a, a couple of games. There was a game against Man United in the League Cup in a replay. I unfortunately, we lost one nil when McLeer punched it in. But uh, there was that one and, and beating Everton here. Oh, I think we drew here and beat them there um, in the cups. But yeah no I mean yeah far too many for me to try and uh, remember I know everyone remembers Wimbledon away just had that conversation with Blakey in there so yeah,
3: right uh, bit gutted to hear Knightley that one of your favourite moments is wasn't meeting myself and Liam for Pompey life back on your Expressive End date but... oh sorry
6: I, I was uh, sorry I was only obviously talking about actual games oh, okay. I played in. Uh, and you did ask me outside of playing was obviously the the opportunity to work with you
3: guys. At, I'll let you off that one. <laughs> um, Seeing so many familiar faces here at Fratton Park tonight. See, um, you, you mentioned there Noel Blake as well. You've got Jimmy Dickinson's son Andrew as well, just to name a few. Martin Cole, Michael Doyle. How great is it to see all of these different faces from down the years who played in so many different eras come together for one day to celebrate the club's birthday?
6: No, I mean it's, it's 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 fantastic to get all these boys in, and it's it's, it's good to try and get the, the former players back up than again. Um, historically it's gone back a long time and with covid and all the sort of things that have gone in in between it's been difficult to, to to get in touch with everyone so if there's some lads that we've missed out if they can get in touch with us at the club it's not been done purposely we tried to get hold of as many former players as we possibly can and as you say it's spread over the years from the premiership years to us back in the fourth and the old second and it's really great to have these guys back they love coming back um, we were a bit worried about the weather, so hopefully we can get them on the pitch at half time. But no, it, it, as I say, I mean, probably supporters love their history and they love, love their players and, uh, and the players love the club, so it's, it's great to come back and, 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 and mix it, mix together with, with former players and, and the supporters.
3: I'm now with um, Guy Whittingham, a man who needs no introduction. Guy, you are of course uh, a regular yeah. with the Fratton Park crowd week in, week out. But on a day like this, celebrating the club's 125th anniversary, just describe to us what it means for you, having grown up playing for this club, managing this club, and now still working for it.
10: Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think you're just embedded in the uh, in the atmosphere and the environment uh, when you've you know dedicated that amount of time to this club, and it's not not just the time, but uh, I think. I think I probably take, took more of it when I was coaching and managing this club through those rough peers, that rough six years. Uh, that, that was tough for everybody. Uh, and I think you... You get a real uh, understanding of the people of Portsmouth when when the backs are against the wall, and it's certainly with the staff that were here. And that's, I think, that's what I keep remembering, and why I, I you know, I want to try and keep coming to these things and give back to people because there were some great people that worked for the club and supported the club that were, you know, unfortunately let go or stitched up or, or you know, money didn't get through to them, didn't get paid, and that's a real shame. But because the, the amount of effort and the love that everybody has for this club. You mentioned as well with people at Portsmouth, the Baxter all kind of spirit. What do you think separates Pompey from any other football club and what makes him really different and unique?
3: Um...
10: No, I think I think in some areas, and I, and I and I have to include Sheffield Wednesday with this. I think some some teams just want to see you go go and give out everything on the football pitch as a player, because um, they you know the fans work hard during the week uh, for their money, and they want to they want to go and release and enjoy, and they, the least they expect is for you to be one hundred percent on And I think that's that's what you have to do as a player, and that's the, probably one one thing that really I think uh, in a way connects us is that you know I, I felt I always gave one hundred percent when I was representing the as a player. or or coach or manager and I know that that is exactly what people
3: here want there we go then Nightsy and Guy Whitigan. two very familiar faces um, I caught up with on Saturday afternoon Okay, don't forget Pompey fans back home we want to know your favourite Pompey moments your favourite Blues uh, player as well and if you own any replica shirts which one is the oldest currently sat in your wardrobe get in touch 81400 is the number to text Start your messages with the word express you can email sport at expressfm.com tweet using ad expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash pompey live right earlier on we heard from both alan knight and guy Whittaker. and a little later in the show we'll be hearing from uh, andrew dickinson uh, son of uh, of course pompey legend jimmy and Ray Crawford, but also hear from Alan Bailey, who talks about his time at Fratton Park.
2: 125 years at a very special club, probably the most special club in my life. And you realise that when you, you step your toe into the realms of the island city, and it's a one club city, and you've only got to be here a few weeks, and all of a sudden
3: you're embedded in that. We'll hear more from Alan Bailey, as well as myself, Hennes and Joe, when the Football Hour returns in just a few moments time.
1: This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener
8: with
2: Stagecoach.
8: Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year,
3: we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to SwitchToBus.com.
1: This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM.
3: A very good evening. Welcome back to part two of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, brought to you as always by our friends over at Stagecoach Across for South. You can visit their website right now, stagecoachbus.com, to find out even more information on the services they can provide in your area area. Right, so far this evening we've heard from the likes of Joe Wood, Henry Deacon, Alan Knight and Guy Whittigan talking about Pompey's 125th anniversary celebrations. Now let's hear from a few more Pompey legends. I caught up with Alan Byley, Andrew Dickinson, some of Jimmy and Ray Crawford at Fratton Park on Saturday afternoon. Byley, of course, you played for Pompey back in the day. A lot has changed in the world of football since then. Describe to us what you think the, the biggest change has been since
2: your playing days. Um, I think it's got softer. Uh, I think uh, the contact sport out of it is gone. I think it has brought in a little bit of what we'd have called in our day, fun enough, cheating. You know, the pulling the shirts, the diving, the, the faking everything you could possibly do. And then on top of that, you've got the uh, technical side of it. I mean, VAR, what does that stand for? <laughs> um, very arguable decisions or, or results. Um, you know, because... In my day when i did have long hair i would not have scored half my goals because my hair would have been offside <laughs> and, and to be offside by a toe or whatever so I, I think they tried to make it a bit too american for me and um it, it's become too much stop start there are too many stop starts and there's too many players that uh with the agreement of management and staff that are getting away with things that in the old days they didn't but i have to stand up and say i'm a dinosaur and that's the way of the world now so you live with it having said that it's it's quicker um it's fitter and the skills are out of this world but i still truly believe that the great players of the 60s 70s 80s 90s would still walk through this football because there isn't that contact sport on it the pitches are like billiard tables. I mean, we played on beaches, on you know pebble beaches as well, um, and and you still saw the great players being able to produce on that. So those are some. But I could talk to you for hours about what I think yeah. is, and some I, I I sigh about, and some I go yes, that's fantastic because um, it, it evolves um, off the park. You've had the situation where where we played, players were more pawns. Now the players are the kings and the, the, the clubs are more like the prawns and, and, it, and it's evolved that way and it's a, it's a very interesting scenario that if you could sit down and talk about the last 40 years of football, actually how it has changed. You've only got to look at some um, games from uh, even just as far back as the 80s and 90s and half the team would get sent off now. Mm. So there's so many ways to it, but I still love it. For, for all of its warts,
3: uh, beauty shines through of it and, and it's a it's beautiful game. And just really quickly, you mentioned players there from 60s, 70s, 80s. Great to see so many of them back at Fratton Park today. What a special occasion it is.
2: Well 125 years at a very special club, probably the most special club in my life. Um, and you realise that when you, sh- you step your toe into the realms of the island city and it's a one-club city and you've only got to be here a few weeks and all of a sudden you're embedded in that, that blue uh, flag of, of the Pompey boys and, and you just you eat, sleep and drink it. And the, the locals, the,
3: the fans, the supporters, they're just the best. Andrew Dickinson, son of uh, Pompey legend, Jimmy Dickinson. Um, Andrew, I think it goes without saying your father, Jimmy, was or still is Ultimate legend, if there was anyone to really sum up that word, it would be Jimmy. Can you just sort of describe to us what kind of man he was, not just on the pitch as well, but you know, off the pitch, and, and you know, many fans growing up in the last 20-30 years who might not remember seeing him play.
4: Yeah, I mean he was he was a lovely father, of course, I'm bound to say that. Um, he was very he was a very quiet, shy and reserved individual. Um, like many people, he probably this is going to sound a bit of a cliche, but did his talking on the pitch. He was a very hard but fair player, and hence you'll know he's, he was never booked or spoken to by a referee, which for a, a left midfielder um, is quite outstanding. Um, so, but off the pitch, he enjoyed a quiet life. I mean, back in the day when we used to have a programme called Grandstand on Saturday afternoons. He quite easily spent all the Saturday afternoon watching that because he he loved sport. So not not only was he a good footballer, he played tennis to a pretty high standard as well, badminton, uh, cricket for the Hampshire Maniacs, so pretty much an all-rounder. Yeah
3: absolutely i'll say so um we know soon the jimmy dickinson statue will yeah. be unearthed just outside here at fratton park behind the north sand that's been set up by uh, the poppy supports trust the fans have dipped in their pockets to make this uh, statue a reality and as we mentioned previously if there if anyone deserves a statue at Portsmouth football club it is jimmy how do you
4: feel about having your father on it in such a way? Um, of course, it, it gives you a tremendous sense of pride. Um, also, a little bit of embarrassment, and I think my father too would be slightly embarrassed about it. But secretly, he'd he'd, he'd, he'd really love it, I think. Um, but it's such a tremendous gesture. And t- to be honest, I think about it less as a a family thing from my perspective. It's, it's more about honouring people who pay for the club over the years and the importance that Pompey has for many people's lives locally. So he's just encapsulating that, if you like, in that statue. I'm really looking forward to seeing it.
3: Right, I'm now with Ray Crawford. Ray, it's a pleasure to see you again back at Fratton Park, um, celebrating the club's 125th anniversary um, this weekend. So many um, old faces back at Pompey as well, from the noughties, the nineties, the eighties, the seventies, you name it. How good is it to see so many of these people back to support Pompey in their birthday celebrations?
11: Oh, it's really fantastic. I didn't know there were so many ex-Pompey players still alive, I thought I was a bit the eldest one, which I probably am, but uh, having said that, it's lovely to see all these ex-players here and all enjoying one another's company.
3: And If you could pick up one moment from your time Uh, Either watching Pompey or playing for Pompey, that stands out as perhaps the pinnacle um, over the years. What 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 would you think would be your biggest memory?
11: I think making my debut for Pompey as a a 21-year-old, coming through the ranks, um, born in Fratton Road, uh, play for the youth team, and then getting through to play for Pompey. When um, it's a it's the greatest memory for me. It's a pity I couldn't they couldn't see how good I was going to be because I was only young, I was only 21 and that was young in those days um, with the older players around and um You know, I went on to play for England, but I would have loved to have done it for Pompey.
3: There we go then, Bailey, Andrew Dickinson and Ray Crawford. Thank you once again to Pompey and those three for supporting us with those conversations. They're great to chat to them. And a little later on, we'll also hear from Michael Doyle, Gemma Hillier and Herman Hriderson. Stick around for those interviews in a little while or so. Right, lads. Um... We've had enough fun talking about Pompey's history. We've had some really great interviews as well. But who is ready for a little bit more fun? We're going to have a little bit of a quiz. We couldn't have any more fun, could we? We could have more fun. Are we we allowed to have fun? We can have fun. (laughs) Are we going to actually have fun? You're not having fun already? I'm having fun. Right, Okay. Let's have some fun. Let's have some (laughs) more fun. Uh, Joe, you sound infused as well. (laughs) Ready for a quiz? I I am buzzing. Right. So... (laughs) Let's, uh, <laughs> let, let's stay, lay down the rules. This is a 10-question quiz. There are 12 points up for grabs potentially there may be some bonus points thrown in there Um, some are multiple choice some are true or false some are closest to the pin as there are 10 questions and there are two of you i will be alternating with who i would like to answer the question first so we'll start with henry answering the question first then the second question will go with joe and so on and so forth so there's a little bit of fairness within that now again i I mentioned mr henry pre-show joe I'd be very disappointed out of these points up the grabs if you get less than six. If, Ooh, you, if right, you get less okay. than six, then I think we've got to seriously review you coming on the Football Hour. Because you, if you're not Pompey through and through... Oh, yeah. The oh.
8: issue is, though, you set expectation now. And because yeah. of that, there's going to be nerves creeping Good.
3: in. I want there to be nerves. <laughs> Pile on that pressure. Yeah, that's what I thought. Right. Question number one. This is multiple choice. I'm going to start off with Henry. To answer first. Right, we'll start off with an easy one. You both should get this one. If you don't, quite frankly, like I say, you shouldn't be on the show. What was the first colour strip Pompey wore when they were formed? Multiple choice. A, navy blue, B, salmon pink, or C, white? Henry?
8: As we know, we never played in blue to start. We
3: played in salmon pink. Thank you, Henry. Joe? Yeah, salmon pink. Salmon pink. You're both going for salmon pink. I can confirm... That is correct. Of course, it was Salmon Pink, the first ever Pompey Strip um, to be played in. So, that is a point apiece after the first question. Question number two. This is true or false? Portsmouth are one of few clubs to have had the same player play throughout four different decades. And we'll start with Joe. True or false?
9: I'm going to go with true on that
3: one. Joe's going for true. Henry?
8: I could think of a couple of three-decade players, but I'm struggling to think Maybe be someone late 60s.
3: Oh, you can tell the suspense, the tension within this room is killing me.
8: I just can't see someone playing for four different decades at any club anywhere in the world, so I'm going to have to go false.
3: Oh, we've got a differential there. We love that. I
9: gambled Harry. Henry, if I'm honest.
3: <laughs> oh, just for clarity as well, those listening back home, Henry is in the studio, Joe is tuning in back home, so we have actually got Joe on a live video link so I can actually check that he's not cheating. So don't, don't well, how, worry Henry. how
8: do you know whether you can check whether he's cheating or not? Because uh, he's,
3: he's raising his hands like this. Like,
8: yeah, but what you don't yeah. know is there could be someone in the background uh, in his picture
9: yeah, but it's not who, who could well be. I don't have job. friends, Henry.
3: This, is,
8: <laughs> this isn't <laughs> who. Yeah, wa- but do you realise that when you're doing the answers, there's just someone in the background commenting. <laughs> is it C? <laughs> 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 it's
3: not who wants to be a millionaire, Henry. Come on. Right. Anyway, back to it. We've we gone off a tangent. Right. Joe said true. Henry said false to ports of one of his few clubs to have had a player. Play throughout four different decades. Joe, you said true. Did Henry said false. It was indeed true. Is that the incorrect buzzer? That is the incorrect buzzer. So, Why,
8: was it, just, is it? Do we just not afford the second part of the of the buzzer, and so we've just gone with one buzz and not? Do
3: you know what? I reckon I might give Joe an extra point for for Henry criticizing the buzzer. <laughs> I was actually going to give you a chance, Henry, to go for a bonus point. Penalised yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, That's your first warning But you've got a chance for a bonus point, Henry I'll let you answer first So for a bonus point, can you name that player? Well, I
8: got it wrong, didn't I? Well, you did
3: get it wrong But now you know the answer's actually true And there was a player who played in four different decades
8: But doesn't that doesn't help because I didn't know There was a player who played in four different
3: decades you got five seconds, would you like to make uh, a guess?
8: Let's go Jimmy Dickinson Jimmy Dickinson,
3: thank you um, Joe?
9: Uh, I want to say Alan Knight.
3: Jimmy Dickinson said Henry with the awful buzz, but apparently doesn't like. Uh, Joe said, sorry, Alan Knight.
9: Yeah. That's
3: right, Alan Knight. Yeah. Alan Knight played for Pompey between 1978 and uh, the year 2000, then returned in 2004 after a short stint in 2003, leaving um, playing for the Hawks. Henry, I thought you'd know that. Being he played for the Hawks. You should know he came come back to Pompey afterwards, didn't you? Right, there's still plenty of points up for grabs, Henry. It's currently 3-1 to Joe after two questions. The next one is closest to the pin. We start off with yourself, Henry. Pompey's record attendance at Frassen Park was recorded in 1949 when they played host to Derby County for an FA Cup six-round tie. What was the recorded number of spectators in attendance for that? Closest to the pin, Henry. 51,039 51,039 says Henry I wrote that down thank you Joe I can see your hands you're fine what do you reckon?
9: (laughs) I'm going to go with 51,000 because then anything less
3: uh, (laughs) and I'll be okay right okay so Henry's gone (laughs) 51,039 and Joe's gone for 51,000 just dead on the correct answer was 51,385 oh yeah Oh. oh yeah which means a ding to Henry Deacon.
8: I like that sound. That's a good sound. Yeah, I like it. that sound, like it, effect. Bro, <laughs> sound effect.
3: That's a good sound effect. 3-2 to uh, Joe still. Um, still playing. Any questions left. Question number four. And uh, this is uh, no choice in this one. So it's just off the bat. In November 2008, Pompey welcomed AC Milan to Fratton Park in the UEFA Cup. Now known, of course, as the Europa League. The game ended 2 all, But who scored the opening goal of the game? Joe? Eunice Cabool. Henry?
8: I was going to say, uh, yeah, Yunus Kabul. Yeah, Carney scored the second, didn't he?
3: You're both correct. It was indeed Yunus Kabul. Pompey, of course, taking a two goal lead in that match, but um, ending up drawing by two goals to two with AC Milan. Yunus Kabul, uh, the first player on the score sheet. Right, moving on. Question number five. It is four three to Joe. Again, no choice. Earlier in the same year, on the Blues run to the FA Cup final, Harry Redknapp's side travelled to Old Trafford to take on favourites Manchester United in the quarter-final stage. Pompey famously won 1-0 via second-half penalty, scored by Sully Montari. Goalkeeper Thomas Kuschak gave away the spot kick and was sent off. But who replaced him in goal to face the penalty and finish the match in between the sticks? Henry. Rio Ferdinand. Joe?
9: It was Rio Ferdinand.
3: Yeah. Okay, a couple of easy ones for you. It's now 5-4 still to Joe. A point apiece for that one was indeed Rio Ferdinand, Sudimentari converting that spot kick. Right, question number six, multiple choice. Who, in 1984, travelled to the south coast to take on Pompey, becoming and remaining still the side to have travelled the furthest distance to face the Blues at PO4? This is multiple choice. We start with Joe. Option A. Was it Boca Juniors? Was it B, Orlando Pirates Reserves? Or C, the New Zealand national team?
9: Uh, well, <laughs> the Orlando Pirates are from South Africa, I they think. Are. So I'm going to go with them. Okay. The reserves.
3: So Joe's gone for the Orlando Pirates Reserves. Henry?
8: Now, I'm going to deduce this down. hmm So 1984, politically, Boca Juniors probably uh, yeah. isn't going to happen. Right. And... I can't see the New Zealand national team playing at Fratton Park unless they're going to be playing in one of those tournaments where they're going to be taking on England, etc. at Wembley. Now, why England would be taking on New Zealand in a tournament in the middle of 1984, I've got no (laughs) idea. It's not a World Cup year. And if I remember famously, 1984 was a famous year John Barnes scored that goal at the Marra So for that reason, I'm going to actually, no, no, I'm going to change my mind. Careful. I am actually going to go New Zealand because if I'm correct, if I'm (laughs) correct, wasn't this in the middle of apartheid and there was a ban on South African teams playing? Right.
3: Henry's just taken it completely logical, to be fair. You get the point. It it was indeed the New Zealand national team. It wasn't Boca Juniors. It wasn't the Orlando Pirates Reserves. When I lobbied this question earlier, Joe, I didn't take any political issues into account. I chose two random teams that it could possibly be. Um, But yeah, it was the the New Zealand national team. Um, Pompey won 3-2. New Zealand were... You you mentioned, Henry, why New Zealand would be in England randomly playing at a tournament. Well, this is even... Enlighten me. This is even more random. New Zealand were on an eight-match tour of Fiji and the United Kingdom. You know, Fiji and United Kingdom being famous for being really close to each other geographically. So, yeah, New Zealand came to Fratton Park in 1984. Pompey won. All right. I knew that politics college degree would come in somewhere. There we go. (laughs) Henry's used an educated guess. Right. After six questions, it is five all. Lovely. Number seven, closest to a pin. We mentioned earlier blues legend Alan Knight. But how many first team appearances did he make for Pompey overall? And we start with this one with Henry. Seven hundred and one. Seven hundred and one says Henry. Joe. Uh,
9: oh, uh, do I play that game again, where I just go <laughs> shade under just to see him off? Um,
3: A tactic. I'm gonna go six seventy. Six seventy. <sighs> the point goes to Henry. He's taken the lead. It's six five. Oh. Eight hundred and one. You oh, severely man. underestimated Nightsy Bear. Right, six five.
8: Well, remember, we didn't. We forgot that he came back in two thousand and four after being at uh, the Hawks in two thousand and three. Because uh, yeah, he
3: made one appearance in two thousand and four. Right, six five to Henry. Um, after seven uh, questions, number eight: True or false? Pompey played host to the first ever league match in the UK to be fl- played under floodlights. Joe, that is true. Henry, it is true point apiece so it's currently 7-6 to henry adding a point each and for a bonus point who were the opponents on that day in 1956 henry will start with you for this one
8: newcastle united
3: joe
9: it was newcastle
3: united it's another point apiece tell you what i'll let you both off you both know you both know your pompey stuff okay right moving on question number nine it's 8-7 to henry no choice in this one who were Pompey's opponents in the 1939 FA Cup final, which saw the Blues victorious by four goals to one? Wolverhampton Wanderers. Joe? I think he's right. Wolverhampton Wanderers. you both going for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, you both be correct. Well done. It was Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's 9-8 to Henry. And there's one question left. Oh. So, Henry, to seal the victory or can Joe equalise? We're going to start with Joe. It is multiple choice. Who scored more league goals for Pompey during their respective times at the club? Was it A, Matty Taylor? Was it B, Nico Kranchka Or C, Lamana Luar Luar? Joe, to equalise, to salvage something?
9: Well, I'll I'll logic this, or I'll try to. Um, Matty Taylor didn't score many but you remember the ones who did score Luar mm-hmm. um, Luar Lua was here for a hot minute um, but then Nico Crenshaw didn't get his name on the score sheet as much as he should have done but I'm going to go
3: with I am going to go with Matty Taylor because he did take a few penalties Okay, Matty Taylor is what Joe says Did you say
8: this is the final
3: question? This is the final question.
8: So if I'm leading nine eight, I can just go whatever Joe's said and it doesn't matter and I win,
3: yeah? Mm, not necessarily, because... oh well yeah, technically it could. So I'm yeah. gonna
8: say Matt Taylor because it doesn't really matter now. <sighs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it was Matty Taylor. He's played you dirty, He's played you dirty <laughs> there, Joe. But in all fairness you were leading for quite quite a lot until you, you bottled it near the end. Um you, you've let him. Very pompy.
9: In. Um What I will say is to quote Roy Keane, that's his
3: job. Um, <laughs> I so. know, Pompey, mate. <laughs> right, so out of a possible 12, I'm pleased to say you can both come back on the Football Hour in the future. Joe, runner-up. You got runners-up spot? Out of two, yeah. Out of two uh, yeah. I
9: guess that's a thing.
3: Um, yeah, yeah. To be fair, Tottenham once finished third in the two-horse race, so <laughs> you, know, you weren't quite spurs. You got nine points out of a possible 12. Henry with 10 Enough of Joe, enough of Henry. Let's get to a few more uh, of you guys back home, getting in touch on social media. Uh, ben Hardinge is going for favourite blues moment. Uh, he's torn between the FA Cup final 2008 and the Montari penalty versus United, as well as the Norris goal versus Southampton and taking my daughter to her first ever match. Well, all uh, very valuable moments. Thank you, Ben, for getting in touch. Favourite player, either Luar Luar or Ben Johnny Pompey Peanut says favourite moment, of course, winning the FA Cup. Favourite player... Um, Argent de Zoo. Uh, Joe, am I, have I butchered the, the pronunciation of that?
9: Uh, isn't it Ariane de Zoo? There
3: you go, because I, I'm not Dutch. so Ariane de Zou? Uh, Yeah, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> that's what Pompey Peanuts gone on, on Twitter and one final one before the next part of the show Kirstie. Uh Kirsty rocks out of course one of our uh, new helpers on Pompey Live uh, favourite moment of course going for the FA Cup win favourite player either Pedro Mendes or Teddy Sheringham uh, don't remember all of my games but beating Sunderland 4-0 in the pouring rain recently um, certainly up there and I'm pretty certain I have a full baby kit from the 2000 season thank you very much Kirsty, for getting in touch right after the break the final thoughts of myself Henry and Joe as well as Michael Doyle,
12: we got Ward in the dressing room that you know was also finding of that stands So we finally kind of stepped it up a notch in the second half. And I just always remember being near the dugouts and some supporters sitting low down. I was like, What's the score? <laughs> you know, just asking so Again, and then obviously the A McInnes jumping over the the director's box and things like that, letting everybody know. It was, it was a brilliant day.
3: The former Pompey captain recalls the moment Pompey were promoted to League One in 2017. We'll have the thoughts of him, as well as Gemma Hillier and Herman Haradison, and of course, from Joe and Henry when the Football Hour returns in just a few moments' time. Don't go anywhere.
1: This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM.
13: Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides... From 7pm everyday you can take advantage of a night rider ticket taking you from A to B and everywhere in between simply purchase your night rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just 2 pounds 50 the world is your oyster visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information
1: this is the football hour 93.7 Express FM.
3: Welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM brought to you by Stagecoach across the South. Right earlier this evening we've heard from the likes of of course Henry Deacon and Joe Wood but also some former Pompey players and managers and all round legends to be quite frank as well. Alan Knight, Guy Whittingham, Alan Byerly, Andrew Dickinson and Ray Crawford as well. But now we're going to hear from uh, Gemma Hillier, the first ever Pompey ladies player to be inducted into the club's Hall of Fame as well as Herman Haradison a player who lifted the FA Cup for the Blues in 2008. However, we start with the club captain from the 2016-17 promotion season, Michael Doyle. Club captain from the 2016-17 promotion-winning campaign, Michael Doyle. Michael, great to see you back at Fratton Park. Um, I'm sure there won't be any warnings to the supporters today to keep off that pitch. Oh bloody hell! Yeah,
12: I mean, uh, the the, the team is doing great at the minute. If they get a win today, they put themselves right back in the mix. To be honest, so. Uh, Hopefully at the end of the season there will be some um, warnings there, but they've done really well so far so it's a uh, it's nice and positive vibe around the place, you can feel it with
3: the fans at the minute, you know. Of course you've got the memory from a Notts County game as well to actually seal the promotion But you've got the game here against Cheltenham, the 6-1 victory which sealed the title. As a player playing in that match, um, knowing that the, the potential to win the title that day was there, but perhaps the likelihood of it with Plymouth and Doncaster slipping up, when did you know, as a player with your teammates, that actually we had won the title? Because the fans knew quite some time before. I imagine you guys did.
12: Yeah, as I say, it was a bit of a strange uh, situation in that game. I think uh, I think we might have been drawn at time and I don't know. I think we got war in the dressing room. That you know was also finding that standstill still. So we of stepped it up, and that's just second half. and I just always remember being near the dugouts and some supporters sitting low down as it wants the score, <laughs> you know, just asking stuff. So again, and then obviously the Ian McInnes jumping over the, the director's box and things like that, letting everybody know. It was, it was a brilliant day and uh, the celebrations after and to top of it off, like you say, 6-1 performance on the day. It was, uh, it was a brilliant last few months that season. It was uh, really picked it up.
3: Playing in front of the um, Pompey supporters, particularly here at Fratton Park, where does that sort of rank amongst the home sort of grounds you've played in front of in your career?
12: Ah, oh, it's right up the top, honestly. Is, uh, there's no better place to play. Uh, I say, you know, all the good times were, were amazing, but times stick out like early in the fourth season uh, playing Markham at home here, losing three-one down to ten men, we went and you know we ended up getting a draw in that game. And the reason why was because the supporters, when we went three-one down, and they got louder than and other grounds and the. You be getting bloody really build off like mm-hmm. a, a big club like Portsmouth and that. If you're if you're losing to, no disrespect to Markham, but you know, Portsmouth fans for me that day was probably the oldest club, was special, and uh, that was quite early in my Portsmouth career. And you know, for two years after that, they stuck with us. Uh, it was brilliant. There was uh, some brilliant memories, you know, and it was a lot by by uh, created by the
3: supporters former Pompey women's player Gemma Hillier, the first ever player from the Pompey women's side on the Pompey ladies back then, be inducted into the club's Hall of Fame on this weekend of the anniversary celebrations of the football club. What do you think, um, in your own words, it means to the City of Portsmouth to be celebrating
13: Um, Yeah, it's really, really um, great for the city. Um, It gives um, the youngsters that come and watch the match like a chance to kind of like see the uh, former players and then obviously all the older fans. It gives um, them lots of great memories, I assume, of like past games and past, like their past heroes, I guess, Um, and to see like kind of what the older players look like now and what they're doing and things. So yeah, it's really great um, to celebrate
3: and we mentioned previously the all-time top goal scorer for the Pompey women and you were the first inducting for the Pompey women into the club's Hall of Fame. When you heard about that news and when you were inducted into that Hall of Fame how did that feel from a personal perspective?
13: Uh, so when I was told I actually thought it was a joke because Um, It's kind of not really the sort of thing that women get inducted into Men's Hall of Fame but um, when Jake told me and it settled in um, it was obviously a mega proud moment for myself and my family and not only that I think it was just a great scope for women's football that um, obviously I'm the first one to be inducted but hopefully not just in Portsmouth that many more women can be inducted into Men's Hall of Fames.
3: And finally, on the uh, Lionesses' victory over Germany in the Euros final last year and the, the Her Game 2 campaign, the work that Jay Sandler's doing with the Pompey women now as well. Do you feel like the women's game is growing along the way that it should be, and do you think there's much more to come?
13: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, since the Euros, the amount of like young girls that have started playing... Kind of like media coverage, everything is like being massively hyped up. Um, so, yeah, amazing for the England women and still a lot of work to do, I think, but definitely on the right track for women's football to keep growing and be the, the amazing thing that it can be.
3: I'm here with former Blues defender Herman and Herman, a great occasion to be back at Fratton Park today to celebrate the club's birthday. Yeah, magnificent. Great to be back and, uh, you know, brings back uh, fantastic memories. And speaking of those memories, you played for Pompey during the sort of Premier League era, towards the end of that sort of era, then kind of dipping into the Championship when the club were going through some really tough times on the pitch. Describe to us how it was you know, feeling playing in front of that Fratton Park crowd.
5: It, it was the best, you know, the, the, the fans uh, second to none, uh, like I've said before, they, they went through everything, you know, the good times, the bad times, but the supporters was always there, so it's great playing at home every every time. You know uh, the the
3: supporters had our back and, and proper supporters, brilliant. Do you have one particular memory that stands out in your memory that sort of from your time playing for Pompey? Yeah,
5: winning the FA Cup is a, is a highlight of my career for sure, and and
3: and the memories from
5: that and and. The... Just a memory for everyone, the, the trips to Wembley, the, the day after, you know, celebrating the trophy down, down in Portsmouth, with, uh, hundreds of thousands. Was, uh, amazing, amazing memories, amazing
3: time. There we go then, Michael Doyle, Jim Hillier, and Herman Hridesen rounding off what was a fantastic day at Fratton Park on Saturday, where we caught up with plenty of Pompey Legends and the uh, celebrations of the club's 125th anniversary they do continue as the next 12 months unfold of course um, yesterday was the actual birthday on the 5th of April but for the next 12 months the club will be celebrating the anniversary in full with plenty of content coming up on the social media channels and some dedicated matches between now and the end of the campaign as well right um, let's now take a little bit of a closer look into the next game for Pompey they take on struggling mk dons away from home this good friday tomorrow afternoon and although i say struggling mk dons are at the wrong end of the table they have uh, gone unbeaten in their last four matches so they will be a side to be wary of this weekend Kirsty roxanne has more on mark jackson's side
7: last saturday marked the beginning of the 125th anniversary of ports football club as the blues welcomed former players from down the years back to fratton park and secured a 1-0 win against Forest Green Rovers. In form, MK Dons are Pompey's next opponent. Pompey
1: Live, this week's opposition.
7: John Massino will be looking for a third consecutive away win as we head up the M25 towards Stadium MK this Good Friday. Back in December, in the reverse of this fixture, it was the Blues who suffered a 2-0 defeat on home turf. Now let's take a closer look into MK Dons and the first time John Massino will meet this side as a manager. Manager. The Dons are currently managed by Mark Jackson who took to the helm in December 2022. The ex-Gunthorpe United defender started his playing career at Leeds United and also made four appearances on the international stage for the England under-20s. Jackson started his coaching career at Leeds back in 2015, working his way up to coaching the under-23 side. In his first season managing this age group, he took his team to win the Premier League Two, Division Two, earning promotion to Division One. Taking on the manager role at the end of last year when the Dons were sitting at 22nd in the table, only three points from safety, Jackson won his first game in charge and in doing so scored the club's first home league win for over four months.
1: One to watch.
7: 38 year old centre back and club captain Dean Lewington is our one to watch this weekend. Lewington has been in the side for almost 20 years and first joined the club back when they were known as Wimbledon. He has seen the Dons spend three seasons in League Two, 16 seasons in League One and one in the Championship. On the 11th of September, 2021, Lewington made his 700th league appearance for the club in a one 0 victory over Portsmouth. To date, he is one of the EFL's most loyal footballers, surpassing 900 career appearances across all competitions with over 870 of those coming in an MK Dons shirt. For a short time just before Christmas, Lewington oversaw manageable duties at the club on a caretaker basis following the departure of Liam Manning. He won one out of his three games in the dugout prior to Mark Jackson's arrival.
1: The Top scorer.
7: Sudanese forward Mo Issa is MK Dons leading goalscorer this season with six league goals at this stage of the campaign. The former Cheltenham Town, Bristol City and Peterborough United player has never struggled to find the back of the opposition's net. The 28-year-old who wears the number 10 for MK Dons also has two goals in the FA Cup this term. Current form. Mark Jackson's side are currently sitting in 19th in League One, looking likely to spend a fifth consecutive season in the third tier. The Dons have accrued 40 points from their 39 league matches played to date, only five points clear of relegation zone. They have, however, recorded three wins out of their last five games, with two of those victories being on home turf, With a 33.33% win rate since Jackson succeeded Liam Manning in December. Who will come out on top in this one? Will it be the third consecutive away win for the Blues? Or can the Dons get their third consecutive win at Stadium MK? All the unmissable action on Pompey Live. <laughs>
3: there we go then a closer look at MK Don's Pompey's opponents this weekend of course Good Friday fixture for the Blues it is the Easter Weekender so they play at MK Don's tomorrow afternoon a 3 o'clock kickoff. Pompey Live returns from 2 and then the next match is at home to Morecambe on Easter Monday again a 3 o'clock kickoff, uh, which means the football hour schedule has changed ever so slightly of course we're on tonight which is a Thursday very different to usual and our next show will be on Sunday live from 6 o'clock here at Express FM and there will be next on uh, next Friday to preview uh, the Blues next league fixture so a bit of a change over the Easter weekend uh, we've heard a bit about MK Dons and quite frankly Henry uh, we took a bit of time with that quiz it went on a little bit longer than we'd perhaps hoped for Hedda, so we've not really got time to look ahead to tomorrow's game but we will do that of course on Pompey Live tomorrow but I will ask now for your score prediction Pompey v MK Dons can the Blues keep up their, um, their pressure on the top six what are you going for? This could be a, one of those smelly games because they're a team at the bottom in form. But let's go with an optimistic two-nil. Two-nil written all over it. Thank you, Henry Deacon, and thank you very much for joining us on the show tonight, Henners. It's been, I would say, a pleasure, but I'd be lying.
8: Uh, you know, I've got to do a couple of football hours apparently every now and then. You,
3: you disregarded my buzz earlier, so <coughs> it's goodbye to Henry Deacon. Uh, Joe Wood, thank you very much for joining us on the show this evening. It's been, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Um, your score prediction, please, sir.
9: Well, I'm not the biggest fan of franchise FC, um, and to be honest, they're they're still a bad side. So I'm going to go with a 3-1
3: Pompey win. 3-1 Pompey win. Joe, thank you very, very much for your contributions to the Football Hour this evening. For a score prediction-wise, I'm going to go for a nervy, uh, but a a, a three points. uh, Regardless, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Pompey win away at MK Dons tomorrow. Right, we haven't had much of a build-up here on the Football Hour tonight. We've been talking a bit more about Pompey's anniversary and we had a bit of a fun quiz in between as well. However, Pompey Live will be returning tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock.
13: All the unmissable action.
3: This is... Pompey Live. Portsmouth celebrated the beginning of the
0: 125th anniversary celebrations with a 1 0 victory at home to Forest Green Rovers. He calls the post and Dale's there and Dale heads it into the back of the net. No idea how Dale got his head to that ball. The Blues begin the Easter weekend with a trip to MK Don's next. Join us for all of the unmissable action. Good Friday from 2. Pompey
3: Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yeah, that's right. Pompey Live back tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock. Myself. And Robbie James live from Stadium MK to see if the Blues can continue to pile the pressure on the current top six in League One. The gap is just three points now between Pompey and 6th position with 7 games remaining tomorrow will be the start of the Blues run in between now and the end of the campaign and the beginning of an Easter weekender here on Express FM, the Football Hour of course next back on Sunday evening from 6 o'clock we'll be previewing Pompey's Easter Monday fixture by Welcome Morecambe to Frasson Park on Monday, that is the 10th of April but of course all eyes on tomorrow afternoon, 2 o'clock here on Pompey Live to see if Blues can beat MK Don's away from home right coming up on Express FM this evening uh, Express this week with Chris Pearce returning right after the news at seven o'clock he's on until uh, nine o'clock this evening which is when Chaz Byrne returns with his rock show and on Good Friday tomorrow morning we have Paul Allen between eight and eleven and then Ian McGuinness between eleven and two which is when Pompey Live returns with full coverage of Pompey away at MK Dons in League One until then Blues fans have yourself a fantastic evening enjoy your Easter weekend and I'll see you here on the Football Hour, 6 o'clock on Sunday evening. Take care and play up Pompey. Good night.